Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I don't plan on it going five rounds, but if it does, I'll be ready for it. I just got to go out there and prove that I'm right where I belong. If I could cut weight today and fight tomorrow, I'm down to do that, right? This last two weeks are probably going to be the hardest of just, like, the waiting game. I ain't looking at, you know, the future. I ain't looking into the future. You know, I'm looking at the present, what's in front of me right now. Welcome back to Inside UFC Training Camp, where we are following three UFC welterweight stars through their fight prep. I'm Forrest Griffin. Thanks for coming back for our second episode. A lot has changed since our first episode dropped dropped. That's funny. Remember I told you how hard it was to plan your camp during a pandemic? Here's the proof. Last week, one of our fighters found out he's being promoted to the main event on December 19th. Jeff Neal will be facing Steven Thompson in the main event now instead of the co-main. Jeff, your face is on the poster now. How's that feel? Seeing the poster was pretty cool, you know what I mean? Uh, It's crazy too, like I'm a main event in the fight and like, you know what I mean? I'm in front of Jose Aldo, you know what I mean? Somebody that I, uh, still look up to you know what i mean like he he's an idol like a legend and i'm uh the main event on on the card he's on so that's that's pretty cool and uh in my eyes you know i just gotta go out there and uh prove that i i'm right where i belong now jeff neal didn't make a big deal about being promoted to the main event but it is a big deal a win over a household name like ufc star stephen wonderboy thompson could be exactly what he needs to kick his career into the next level we're in the home stretch of camp, and Bilal Muhammad is right on schedule and feeling great, or so he says. So the only thing about me now is just my coaches forcing me to take breaks because, you know, when you get close to the fight, like two weeks out, like I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life. So it's like I'm not getting as tired during practice, so I feel like I need to push myself harder. So it's just like me mentally being like, all right, relax. Your body needs to take a break. And finally, while the fighters are at their hardest point in training camp, they can't get to fight night without their team behind them. So this week, we talked to their coaches. Chaos and his coach, Jeff Wagner, opened up about how their relationship has led to success. All right, we're super close, man. We're super close, man. He said he always called me like his adopted son and stuff, man. Lots to get to. This is Inside UFC Training Camp. Fucking COVID, man. As you've probably heard by now, main event fighter Leon Edwards tested positive for COVID last week. His fight with 2020 breakout star Kazmat Shemaev is postponed. So Jeff Neal and Steven Thompson will now be fighting in a five-round main event instead of a three-round co-main. This will be the first time Jeff has fought in a main event in the UFC. But he's treating his fight with Wonderboy no different than any other fight. Take it for what it is. At the end of the day, it's just a fight. I'm going to be in a cage with some dude trying to punch me in my face. And I just got to remember that's the only thing that matters. It doesn't matter where I'm at on the car, it doesn't matter any of that. And there's no fans, so that's going to make it a little bit easier, too. I don't got to deal with all the screaming and, you know what I mean, people yelling at my name as I'm walking out. I'm just going to walk out, it's going to be quiet, and then 
Bruce Buffer is going to say some stuff and I'm going to fight. Being bumped up to the main event also means Jeff's physical preparation has to change. He now has to train for a five-round fight instead of a three-round fight, but he doesn't sound worried about that. We always train for five, you know what I mean? My coach philosophy is uh, if you can't do five rounds without getting tired, you probably can't do three, you know what I mean? So we always train like we're doing five no matter what. It's going to be interesting. You know, I don't plan on it going five rounds, but uh, if it does, I'll be ready for it. That's always my goal, first round or second round. I'm not getting paid for that, so why go all the way to the fifth round? You know what I mean? We were talking to Jeff's coach, Safe Saud, right as the news broke that Jeff would be promoted to the main event. Safe knows Jeff is ready to go an extra 10 minutes if he needs, and it's his job to make sure of that. We were getting ready for five anyway. Because I don't think you get to this level and say, oh, well, let's just train for three. Like, I mean, you're one fight away from the belt. It was good that we were training for five. When we got the call to go bumped up, we were like, yep, 100%. Like, it's more money and it's more opportunity. Wonder Boy is a tricky guy. So you'd rather have 25 than 15 and try to figure him out. Because if you get behind him uh, in the first five, you got problems, you know, because you only got two rounds left. It's easy to get behind with a guy who's that talented. So. Uh, having more time is better for us. While the physical prep for Jeff may not be that different, mentally, there is a difference, knowing you're the last fight of the night. And with that come extra media obligations. I tried to give Jeff a little heads up on what he's in for. This is all new to me, so I'm just going to take it in as I go well, and see how well I respond to it. Jeff, I, I hate to put it out there, but um, Tuesday they're going to give you a lot more media obligations. Oh, that's gonna be fun. When they give you a sheet Tuesday, it's gonna be a lot. There's gonna be a lot more on it than you know, oh, the main man. event. So you gotta like, it's it's so funny, man, because you got all this media stuff, and I like doing media, but I, I was always like, can we do it next week? Because right now I really have to focus on this fight. But everybody's gonna want a piece of your time, you know. Once you show up here, you know, you're the yeah. main event. It's gonna, there's just gonna be more media obligations. Everybody's gonna want a piece of you. They'll be doing promos, so your family's going to call you more and say, hey, I just, you know, you're, you're not so friendly friends from high school. Find your number. Right. Like, hey, I saw you on TV. What's up? <laughs> What's up, friend? I don't want to scare you too much. It won't be too bad because there's less obligations because of COVID, right? So there's less people yeah. coming in. But but for me, um, you know, when I was main eventing and, and I would just like, dude, I can't handle this. Just yeah. Tell me, just take this phone from me. Everybody wants a fucking <laughs> ticket. I can't handle this shit right now. But you win this fight, and it'll get awesome. It'll get awesome. It'll <laughs> I'm get looking awesome, forward to man. it. <laughs> now, when I fought in my first UFC main event, I had months to overanalyze it and think about it. Jeff only has two weeks to worry about it, and that could be a good thing. As for Bilal Muhammad, he doesn't have to worry about the spotlight of the main event, but not for lack of trying. Bilal took to Twitter just minutes after the main event was postponed and tweeted, Main Event Muhammad. Hey, that is a very smart move. I felt like when Leon pulled out, I'm like, oh, man, it's a huge opportunity, so let me try to get that fight. Um, because I felt like the only people that really made sense for that fight was me. Because then you had, like, Jeff and Stephen Thompson already on the card fighting each other, and they're two higher-ranked guys. And then Kamzat's ranked underneath me. So like, I felt like that fight made the most sense if you're thinking about ranking-wise and fight-wise. And the dude has so much uh, hype right now that me getting a main event spot, that would be huge. So I tried to get that one, didn't go through. So it's like, all right, I didn't lose nothing on it. But if I, if I would have got it, then a lot of stuff would have had to change. You may remember that Bilal and Jeff fought back in January of 2019. 
Jeff won by a unanimous decision. But the two of them are friendly and have even trained together. Bilal knows that Jeff's success benefits Bilal as well. The way I look at it is if this guy beat me, if he keeps winning, it makes me look good too. So it's like he's finished every single other person that he's fought in the UFC and he didn't finish me. So it's like, I respect that. I think that he's a really good guy and he's a really uh, great fighter. So it's going to be one of those, if he, he beats Wonder Boy, he'll probably get a title shot next. And that only makes me get closer too. Cause it's like, all right, well, he's the only guy that beat me out of my last nine fights and he's about to be fighting for the title. So that, that only elevates my game and it and motivates me more too. So like, to know that I could be in that spot, I should be in that main event spot. For what it's worth, Jeff feels that Bilal's onto something. His last loss as a pro fighter was to Kevin Holland, before Jeff was in the UFC. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. I, I feel him that because uh, I'm the same way with uh, Kevin Holland because it, even though we fought and he beat me, I want him to win every fight because it looks better on me. You know what I mean? So it, all the hype he gets, it comes back on me. So, uh, yeah, and, and Bilal's cool as hell, too. He came, he trained with me a couple times. Like, he's not a a super ego-driven person. So, like, for him to be able to come into the same gym with somebody that beat him and train, like, you know what I mean? Like, without being all angry and stuff, like, it, that's that's a good look on him. Chaos Williams knows if he keeps putting on a show for the fans, he will be fighting the main events sooner rather than later. But for now, he's just concerned with keeping the momentum going. I just look at it like I could be the first fight on the car, I could be the last fight on the car, you know, wherever I'm on the car, you know, I'm going to it really don't matter, you know, as long as uh, I'm on there. I'm going to do what I got to do, you know? I just look at it like, you know, I'm taking everything a day at a time, one workout at a time, you know, one W, one body at a time, you know, one chin at a time, you know, one card at a time, you know, uh, there's nothing. I ain't looking at, you know, the future. I ain't looking into the future too much. You know, I'm looking at the present, what's in front of me right now. But that's why I'm just staying focused on that. And, uh, yeah, that's really it. Just continue to just uh, be wherever they put in front of me, get past this dude, December 19th. And, you know, just keep moving up that, keep moving up that ladder. To move up another rung on the ladder, he will have to beat Michelle Pereira. And it's a matchup where Chaos feels he can show off a few other tools in his toolbox. I love this fight because it, it's, I feel like, like I said, man, for the people who might be sleeping on me, if they haven't already woke up after this fight, you know, they're going to see like my fight IQ is up there. You know, because I'm not only is it my mindset, like going into the fight that I'm confident because of the work I put in preparing for the fight. That's what the, that's what the fight won, you know what I'm saying, behind the scenes. But it's like going into a fight with somebody that's an orthodox like that. You really got to adjust and not let him get into your head and stuff like that. And I'm about to just show like how technical I really am, you know, whether it's uh, getting a knockout, whether it's, whether it's just, you know, winning on the scorecards, you know, or whatever the case may be. Two weeks out from the fight, it's time to start thinking about the thing that every fighter dreads, making weight. Everyone's different, but universally, cutting weight is a miserable experience. Now, I have to jump into big brother mode here a little bit and tell you that cutting weight does not have to be a miserable experience. If done disciplined, smartly, correctly, from the beginning of your training camp, you will be able to fuel your workouts correctly. However, Everybody's body is a little different. And I always say this, everybody is an expert on their body. Nobody knows it better. Every fighter has a different method that works for them. And what might sound crazy to one fighter might just be the secret sauce for another. Fortunately, Bilal Muhammad has found the thing that works for him. 
before I started working with uh, like nutritionists and working with just other fighters, seeing what they do and things like that, I would, I would sit there and starve myself. And I would like literally two weeks out, I wouldn't have no energy at all. I couldn't have, I would sit there, eat a handful of spinach or something like that. And then my workouts would be trash. But now since I've been sitting there uh, working with, seeing other fighters do, being smarter with my nutrition, um, like I have so much energy. So I'm, I'm still good enough to train. So the only thing about me now is just my coaches forcing me to take breaks. Cause you know, when you get close to the fight, like two weeks out, like I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life. So it's like, I'm not getting as tired during practice. So I feel like I need to push myself harder. So it's just like me mentally being like, all right, relax. Your body needs to take a break. Bilal is still human though. So he tries to find a way to feed his cravings. I'm getting to that point now where I got a big sweet tooth. So I'm sitting there trying to find out different, different little healthy recipes for sweets. Uh, I love hot chocolate, especially right now because it's so cold in Chicago. So I was sitting there looking up healthy hot chocolate recipes. And uh, I think I found, found a good recipe now. So I'm in a good spot right now. Weight's feeling good. But now it's just like the waiting game. Now you're at the point now where I feel like I'm in the best shape. My body feels right. So, and I could fight tomorrow if I have to. So now it's just, all right, two weeks. Got to just stay healthy. Chaos has a weight plan, but also listens to his body to make changes as needed. I had to listen to my body, you know? But yeah, I do got a formula, though. But sometimes I might uh, go against it a little bit. But yeah, I got a formula. And really, man, the, the main ingredients is just work. And just, you know what I'm saying, hard work. Every day, just to have it, you know, continue to sweat. And, you know, I put the, uh, like, I train uncomfortably. So when I'm in the, when I'm in the cage, it's like, man, I'm feeling loose now because I done trained a month or two months. Even when I don't got to fight, I'm probably training in the gym. I'm sparring, I'm wrestling, I'm rolling. Jeff has taken to juice cleanses a couple times a week to help him stay on the right track. But the juice cleanse, I did it uh, twice last week. That's like, it's hell just like drinking juice all day. And you're like, you're still hungry. Be like, you got the stuff that you need, but your stomach's telling you otherwise, and it's it's really it's, it's rough. I just started doing that like um, before I fought a uh, who was Nico Price. That's when I started doing the uh, juice cleanse and stuff, and it it really helps. Like it, uh, the weight comes off a little bit easier. You know what I mean? And then like it, it's like a it's probiotic too. So like you shit your brains out after you fucking do a whole day of the cleanse. So that's the extra that's some extra weight. I'm getting to that age where you really got to listen to your body and not try to do the tough guy like no I can push through this and do that and break your body down so uh right now I feel good you know what I mean I've been reducing my calories my carb but uh I still feel pretty solid you kind of heard me talk about it with the guys a little bit you need to find out what the actual weight you can compete at is and walk around at that so the biggest thing that I found was if I was training at 230 pounds but I couldn't get heavier than 220 to 223 on fight day, it wasn't the same body. I didn't have the same body and strength and energy I did in training. So I used to work with Jay Huron all the time on my wrestling. All camp, I'm pushing him around, I'm muscling him. He's got better technique, it doesn't matter. I got 30 pounds on him, I'm, I'm doing fine. The last two weeks at camp, I'm depleted, I'm, I'm down on my calories. He starts pushing me around. He fights at 170 pounds. So for me, that was just mentally devastating. I was like, oh my God. I'm getting pushed around by a guy two weight classes below me right before my fight. It was because my weight was lower than I was used to, my calories were depleted, I was beat up and overtrained. So, you know, that, that's kind of where I learned the lesson. You have to do the work to lose the body fat early in camp so it becomes a weight descent for competition, not a weight cut. 
There is an acute weight cut the last two days, but you should start your weight descent for competition eight weeks out if you need to. Or, like some people like Cowboy now that he fights at 170, just walk around at the weight you're going to fight at. Otherwise, it's literally like having two different bodies. Sorry, I I jumped into my office job for a second. At this stage of camp, your life revolves around the fight 24-7. You've reduced your calories, but your workouts are ramping up at the same time. Jeff told us last week he was ready to turn it up in sparring. I hope his sparring partners were able to survive the week. I always like to take care of my training partners, so I didn't try to do any, like, heavy head shots, like, you know what I mean? But uh, I was going to the body a lot, finishing a couple of my opponents with uh, a couple of my training partners with body shots. But, uh, it, yeah, I turned it all the way up, and uh, this is the last week that I'm going to be able to really uh, push it pretty hard. And then um, next week is going to be uh, just a weight cut. Are you sparring again this week pretty hard? Or? Yeah, I'm uh, Tuesday, I'll probably spar a little bit hard. It's, it, it really depends on my coach. He, he, uh, I did, uh, like, what, seven or eight rounds? Uh, last Tuesday, and he felt pretty solid about that because I did seven to eight rounds, and I wasn't really that tired until, like, the last, last round, but I still uh, got through it pretty solid. So depending on how you felt about last week, it'll, it'll depend. Uh, that'll dictate what I'm doing this Tuesday. All right, and then Tuesday would be your, your last hard day? Yeah, Tuesday would be my last hard day, God willing. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if, I look, if, if I look shitty, then it's going to be another hard day on, like, Thursday or Saturday. Chaos told us last week that he trains at all hours of the day and night. Well, his Instagram confirmed that this week as he posted multiple gym selfies well after midnight. Chaos, buddy, have you heard about this thing they call sleep? Hmm. Sure, man, you know, man, real hustlers, man, you know, we, we grinding. My sleep schedule is just all over the place, man, for real, for real. And while I'm still getting to know Chaos, I feel comfortable saying Chaos does his own thing. I'm getting pretty good sleep, though. You know, like I said, man, this is what I do, man. This is what I do. And if you're wondering who Chaos's co-host is, that was an African parrot named Buddy. So I, I just listen to my body. Listen to my body. It's my job. You know, I, I might sleep a few hours during the day before I go to the gym. If I'm up because I haven't slept, now I go for a run or something. Chaos and Buddy the parrot are thriving on an unorthodox schedule. Meanwhile, back in Chicago, Bilal has reduced his three-day workout schedule just a bit as we get closer to fight night. That's good. He's taking my advice. I usually charge for that. The most important thing for Bilal is knowing what he needs to work on after each practice. I write everything down after every one of my practices. So, so I always write, like, all right, today was a good day or today was a bad day. I try to, like, keep a journal of how I felt that day and how I trained that day. And I've had sparring sessions where I'm like, man, what, what was different, man? I feel like I'm not gaining any ground or anything like that. Like, I feel like I'm losing in specific spots. What the heck's going on? But then I started realizing, all right, maybe I need to start eating on those days before practices. And then I usually write down drills that I like a lot because we'll, we'll do drills. And I'm like, I like this drill a lot. Let's try this fight week, 15 minutes. I need to be special for 15 minutes. That's all I need right now. For many fighters, their relationship with their head coach is the most important relationship in their lives, outside of family, and sometimes including family. Their coach is who they depend on the most inside and outside of the octagon. When we think about the relationship between a coach and a fighter, think about how much stress that fighter is under. 
This is the most stressful time in their life, and winning this fight is probably, at this time, the most important thing in their life. And they've chosen this person to be with them in that minute to give them the advice that they will need to win. For Chaos and his coach, Jeffrey Wagner, coach isn't the right word. It's more like family. And that's what leads to their success. Him and I together, since the beginning, have kind of worked together to guide his career properly. So it's, it's a little bit of all of that. You know, he's almost like a, an adopted son to me. He's lived with me for a few years. You know, I know my stuff in terms of martial arts personally. And he's comfortable with me in the corner. I've known him longer than anybody else practically. So it's that knowing your fighter type of thing, knowing where the holes are, where we need to fix them. Here's chaos on Jeff. I'm super close, man. I'm super close, man. I know he told you, man. He said he always called me like his adopted son and stuff, man. That's like, you know, we double close, man. Like, Jeff been there for me. It's just different, man. But I just seen, like, he always been there, man. Always believed in me. Even when I didn't see this, you know, he was just him, uh, my boy Mo. You know, a couple other people, man, was just telling me, like, this day, like, you got to need me. You know, one day you're going to be in the UFC. I feel like uh, I'm going to be a top contender. be a world champion one day. Chaos and Jeff's relationship started six years ago. Kind of by accident. Also, our friend Buddy makes another guest appearance here. I had a small team that I was working with already, amateurs, and we were doing well. I had guys that were winning quite a bit. And my 4-0 Bantamweight came to me one day, with, and he had a black eye. I said, hey, Dennis, man, what happened? Man, you got to see this kid Chaos over here. He, we were doing some boxing earlier today, and, you know, he, he tagged me up pretty good. And I said, well, how big is he? He's like, I don't know, I think he's 170 pounds. I'm like, okay, well, he's a lot bigger than you for one, but yeah, have him come on up. So the next time Dennis saw Chaos, Chaos came, kind of checked it out, and the rest is kind of history. Chaos says the biggest thing Jeff helps him with is not even about fighting. It's more of a mental thing too, man. Like, I'm gonna do what I gotta do regardless. Uh, you know, I'm self-motivated, you know? So like, I'm, I'm getting up at three in the morning, four in the morning, you know? Uh, in the gym at 12, 1 o'clock at night. It's not specifically just one person or nothing, but it's more of a mental thing when it comes to the fight. You know, I like to have him in my corner because, like I said, he always been there for me. And, you know, but preparing for the fight, you know, he always helps as well. You know, we do a lot of stuff together, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just more of a mental thing for me during the fight. You know, that's the big thing for me. Jeff Wagner and Chaos Williams have a story built on a special bond. That's true for the other fighters, too. But Jeff Neal met his coach, Saif Sayud, after Saif saw one of Jeff's fights and offered him some free advice. The advice wasn't exactly the kind of speech you get in a dramatic sports movie. According to Jeff, it was, stop being a bitch. And apparently, that was exactly what Jeff needed to hear. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not, because I didn't like, he, him, him yelling, like, gave me that motivation to get up, you know what I mean? Like, if nobody was yelling at me, cussing at me, telling me to get up and stop being a bitch, I probably wouldn't have got up. I probably would have just been laying there, just taking a little break. You know what I mean? Is it like, that's why I wanted to go there. It's like, man, like for somebody to just motivate you just off of saying something to you, like, you know what I mean? That that does carry a long way in a fight, you know, like you can be in your own head trying to quit and then he's going to be there to pick you up and uh, push you through it. From the beginning, Safe knew Jeff was the kind of guy that he wanted to work with. And now they've been working together for over 10 years. I just always liked the kid, man. He's so quiet and humble, but he's, you know, so talented as well. So 
he does nothing but show up and, and do his job and he's a great kid. You just can't help but root for the guy because he's such a good guy. Like anyone that knows Jeff, he's just, you know, it's very rare that you find someone that's that talented and that humble. You know, I think it's a very rare thing to find someone that talented and that humble. And that's just who he is, you know? He's just that person. So how can you not root for a person like that, right? I mean, there's a lot of assholes out there that get a lot of attention that they probably don't deserve. But he's a guy that, you know, um, you just want to see do well. Safe and Jeff found each other when Jeff was already a pro fighter. But Bilal and his coach, Lewis Taylor, go all the way back to high school. Lewis was Bilal's wrestling coach. Right now, he's probably like my my older brother, like my basically like my best friend. Like I, I'm like he's the closest guy I am to anybody. Um, he's literally been in my corner for every single fight, uh, and I've been in his corner for every single one of his fights. Literally, like we're seeing each other every day, we're talking to each other every day. So it's like more like literally like blood. So like we started together um, in high school, and then he left my junior year, and I was like, man, where the heck does this guy go? And then literally I saw him in a newspaper uh, fighting. So then ever since uh, I messaged him back, he told me to come to the gym. We've been training ever since then, like literally been each other's uh, training partners. And then I found out other gyms. So I started going, uh, traveling around, training at different gyms. But I was, he was always my base. He was always the guy that I don't really care about any other coaches as long as I have him in my corner. Since they've been working together for around eight years, Taylor knows just how to get the best out of Bilal. I would say goofy is the best word um, to describe it. Uh, we get serious when it's time, but um, I guess my role with Bilal is to is to keep things normal, keep things um, less as stress free as possible. Uh, I believe that's really important in um, a fighter's camp and a fighter's lead up to the fight. You don't want all this tension, all this stress, all the weight, all the pressure to weigh down on on a guy. A lot of times when uh, when the lights turn on, you never know who will show up. And so for me, it's important to make sure that the person who's been training is the person that shows up on fight night. Lewis's carefree attitude is something that Bilal appreciates. I like to be cool. I like to make it fun. That's the thing I love about Lewis, too, is he's the guy that always telling jokes, trying to be cool. And it's always have fun. It's not, yo, we need to kill this guy. It's have fun. Go in there, be you, have fun. Because he's been in the cage, so he understands what type of mentality you need. What a fighter can always count on from their coaches is support, encouragement, and the confidence that they can get the job done. No one knows these guys better than their coaches. And all three coaches think this is just the tip of the iceberg for their fighters. Here's Safe on what's next for Jeff. I mean, you just gotta really analyze what the guy's done. I mean, he's a finisher, he's exciting, he's a striker. His style is pretty awesome, you know? I mean, who doesn't wanna watch that? So. Man, I think, you know, sky's the limit for the kid. He could definitely be the champ. Wagner knows he has something special with chaos. I think he, he beats him, and he'll probably be starting to look at top 20. A year from now, we're hoping to be credibly in the top 10. But I think he can go all the way. I've, I've had that discussion with other people. I've had competing gyms text me or call me or message me after his last fight. People that haven't really been friendly with us or, or to chaos, like, oh my God, dude, that kid has the makings of a world champion. Taylor thinks Bilal is never looking too far ahead, but he thinks winning the belt is not too lofty a goal. I never I never like to, um, to look past whoever's in front of me, and I wouldn't suggest that for him either. Um, 
because the minute you do that, you know, you'll fall off the bike. But gold is the goal. Um, I believe that he will be uh, the champion one day soon, depending on a lucky matchup here and there. It could be sooner than later. I believe he has the tools to, to beat the top three, top four, five in the world. Styles make fights, and Bilal is good everywhere. He might not be great in a particular area, but he's good everywhere, and his work ethic will break anybody. Camp is about sacrifice. You fight through pain and discomfort, all to win your next fight. The world gets smaller every day until the fight happens. So this is also the time where fighters need to start limiting distractions. They might even need to distance themselves from their friends and family. Now, I'm told that dealing with your family and friends in the final weeks before a fight can be really difficult. Myself, I wouldn't know because I never paid attention to any of them because it was about me. Right before a fight is the best time because it is the time to be selfish. For Jeff, it's a challenge finding the right balance of supporting his loved ones and getting what he needs. I'm more... Uh reserved into myself leading like especially like the closer I get to a fight I'm not as like you know I me mean? especially like with a girlfriend I'm not like super lovey-dovey you know what I mean like I'm like get the fuck away from me stop talking to me you know what I mean she want to cut her I'm like get off me I want to just chill and then like you know what I mean uh with me not being with my baby mother it's hard to see hard to see my daughter as much as I want to and uh I don't answer phone calls sometimes just because like you know what I mean I'm chilling I'm in my state of zen you know what I mean because like most time people call me they want to talk about the fight I don't want to talk about the fight you know what I mean that's all I've been that's all I've been thinking about you think I want to talk about it right now but uh yeah it does affect a lot of things Bilal and his girlfriend have been through this so many times that the grind of fight camp is just second nature by now um it's just they they've been with me so long so they understand what my attitude is they understand like closer to the fight like Obviously, there's there's gonna be an adjustment with my mentality. Like I'm not gonna be as happy, or it's like when I come out of practice, like I'm uh, I'm gonna be angry because I'm hungry. So I'm gonna be going to, until I eat or until I, I have that energy. Like 90% of the time, I'm not happy until I'm eating. So they understand that. They understand where I am uh, since they've been with me for literally like 10 years, and my girl's been with me for eight years. So she understands. She's been in those situations where in the beginning she'll be like. Why are you so mad? It's a weird game. So like I tell people all the time where like you have to have the right person in your life that understands this game because not everybody's going to understand it. They're not going to understand you after a win. They're not going to understand you after a loss. And you have to have that right person. That's going to be their, your support system no matter what. And I feel like I have that now. And she like understands all levels of the game where, all right, this is fight week. He's He has this mentality. This is fight day. He has this mentality. So... I can't get in his head. I can't mess him up mentally. I don't want to start a little fight over something mentally when this is his week. After this week, all right, well, I'll bring it up to him. I'll bring this up to him. But this week, nah, nothing like that. Unfortunately for Chaos, he's lost some relationships because of how committed he has to be to training. Real, these past years since I've been fighting, I've always, when, when, when it comes fight time, and I'm, I'm just so locked in, I always tend to kind of mute mute my social life. What I'm doing, man, I'm, I'm dialed in into the fight. You gotta get with it, you gotta get lost. You know, if you can't understand it, then you know, it is what it is. But you know, I've lost uh, friendship. I lost relationships because I was so focused. But hey, 
that's an interesting point you bring up. And there's, there's kind of two ways to look at it. I've, I've seen this in my own life. There's the guys, and I don't understand this, man. They bring their wife and their kid and shit to the fights. Man, for me, I, I, I like to go out there like a fucking Ronin, you know? Yeah. I want it to be me and a couple of my guys, and we're, we're going to I mean, we're going to fight. We ain't going to, like, spend time with our girlfriends. Oh, no. <laughs> It's it's like it's almost like it's cool because it's your week. It's all about you for the for you know the last couple of weeks before a fight, so you can be selfish and you know, I've, you know I would I only fought a couple times since I had my daughter, but I wasn't a great dad the last month. Right, you know, right. When I made that check and I paid the bills, I was a real good dad. So you know, I feel the same way, man. I feel the same way. No, nah, uh, I just feel like like you said, man. You just gotta dial in. That's just how I am, man. I mute my social life, man. I feel like, at the end of the day, everybody, they don't understand the journey, you know what I mean? But they ain't meant to, you know? And it's just like, sometimes you get lonely. But I mean, I, I'm choosing that growth over, you know, the company sometimes, you know? I'm like, I'm locked in. Like you said, it's just, it's just about you at the time. You know, you gotta be a little selfish. And that's too, like, you know, as you come up, you know, you find more and more people reaching out to you. So one of the best things about an intense training camp is about three weeks out, you start to lose your sex drive a bit, which is great because you don't need those kind of distractions right now. That will do it for episode two of Inside UFC Training Camp. Next week is fight week. Enter travel, media, and shadowboxing in a hotel room while quarantined. Suddenly, your months of training alone become a public spectacle and things start to feel way more real. Next week, we'll dive into all the emotions of a fight week and what those final moments before you step foot in the octagon feel like. Plus, every fighter has a different approach to their final days of camp. We'll see whether our guys taper off or keep their foot on the gas right up until the fight. If you like what you heard, come back and listen next week. Special thanks to Bilal, Jeff, and Chaos for giving us the time. And a special thanks to you for tuning in. Talk to you guys next week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.